Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Bipolar Black Girl. My name is Mayor Fortin. I am your host. Joining us on this episode is Hannah. She is joining us from London. Hannah has a family history of mental health conditions. Her mom was diagnosed over 20 years ago with schizophrenia. Hannah um, has been diagnosed with anxiety and depression and suffered a four-year psychosis which she will share her experiences with us now. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. Thank you. So uh, why don't you start with a little bit of history um, about mental health, your mental health diagnoses and and your family history? Okay. So I've been, I've suffered from mental illness since my teenage years. So maybe when I was like, just before just before 13 actually um I had I suffered from really bad social anxiety at the time at school and stuff um and yeah I I suffered from depression from a young age as well um I was officially diagnosed with like anxiety and depression probably around the ages of 14 but then I got a proper diagnosis again of depression when I was around um 19 like an official proper diagnosis of just depression um so yeah i've i've suffered from um mental illness like anxiety and depression for a very long time um and i feel like that was because of my home life like my mum was always in our hospital with um her schizophrenia diagnosis and I, i struggled to cope with life like in school and outside of school as well um and yeah i really struggled with my mental health and then after, um, so when I got my official depression diagnosis when I was 19, three years, three years after that, when I was around 22, that's when I started hearing voices and I had the, um, I had the psychosis. And that year, in 2019 as well, I got diagnosed with psychosis. Um, and I, it was the first time I had been sectioned in the hospital as well. Um, so when I was, October 2019 is when I had first been admitted into hospital um, for my psychosis. And can you explain uh, what your psychosis experience was like? What is psychosis for those who don't know? Uh, yeah, so with my psychosis, I felt like I was hearing God. I felt like at first, before I had had a diagnosis or anything, I just felt like I was having a very spiritual experience. I didn't feel like I was ill at all. Um, even when I was in the hospital, I felt like I was fine. I and I I just felt like I didn't need any help at all. Um, yeah, and I just remember having thoughts like my dad was sexually abusing me, and just thoughts to um constantly do things like people from my past that I didn't get on with that well, and send emails out to family members, friends, and also to um mental health professionals about my personal life and things that happened to me in the past I started to remember all sorts of things from my from my um childhood um that happened to me and I felt like I had to almost tell everybody about it it was a very sort of um I, I felt like I was having a very very spiritual experience at the time and how did uh the recipients of your emails how did they react um well I had one friend um I was quite I was quite close to him 
um we kind of drifted apart over the years but he said he sent email back to the mental health professionals i was in the email as well saying um basically that um what did he say again he said he, he said that i i'm not very well and can someone sort out hannah basically mm-hmm. and and what about family members um family members didn't really was actually no, i did have one family member um i was kind of sending a lot of things on whatsapp to um, family members in the family group i was in um i can't remember mm-hmm. what i exactly sent now but i just wasn't in the right frame of mind and then I left the group chat and I wanted to go back to the group chat, but they said, oh, you can't go back right now. You're not very well, stuff like that. I didn't feel like I was ill at the time, but they they did react in that way. And when I sent emails out, um, they my dad, he contacted um, the NHS mental health team and said, oh, I think she needs to be um, put in the hospital because she's not well. And that's, And they listened to him and then I got, admitted into hospital maybe a few weeks uh, uh, a few days after he contacted them because i was sending emails um so yeah yeah family um when it came to emails a lot of them were quiet but they did do things behind the scenes to make sure i did get help i needed very good very good and uh do you have uh siblings and if you do do they um have mental health conditions as well um no, uh, one of my older sisters has a health condition, um, physical health condition, but they don't have, she doesn't have mental illness. And my younger sister, I haven't seen for many, many years. Um, I don't, I don't think she's got mental illness. Um, so I think out of all the family, I mean, apart from my mum as well, I think I'm, I'm, me and my mum are the only ones that really have mental illness. I mean, on my mum's side, there are people that have had alcoholism um and and general mental health concerns as well so maybe on my mum's side it happens more than my dad's side I'd say yeah this I think the same is true for uh my family um so when when do you remember I mean do you remember like when you first heard the voices like what what was the situation um, I was in student accommodation in my university in my final year and I just started hearing the voice. I can't remember exactly what I heard, but I just remember hearing the voices and I felt a sense of peace come upon me and I just felt like I wasn't ill at the time. It's only when um I went to my on-campus student accommodation and they basically, it was like a mental health accommodation um facility and they, I told them that I'm feeling very depressed. This is around Easter time. I didn't go back home for some reason. I was, I stayed on campus, but I was feeling very depressed. And I, I had depression at all, um, for a long time. So I thought, oh, okay, I'm just going through depression. And then I was referred to like a mental health team in that area. And then when I came back home from student accommodation, um, that's when I basically was assessed around July 2019. And they came to my home and then they realized that I had psychosis from what I was saying. And that's when mm. my journey started with psychosis, basically. And then, uh, so yeah. what was it like um, for the next, was it four years? 
yeah for the next four years um it's just i was just going through lots and lots of um i was going through lots of psychosis and um i had been admitted into hospital twice and in the uk they have things called crisis houses that you can go to in the nhs and that's basically like it's like being in a hospital but you get more freedom to so able to go out when you want to to go to the shops for example um but then you're in the facility and you sleep overnight and they feed you they give you food they they kind of work out a plan with you and i think the last crisis house i did go to was quite good because then i was referred to a support group in um with a charity called mind in the uk um and it was a hearing voices group and i've been going to that ever since um and it's been really really helpful hearing other people's um experiences of psychosis um and yeah i think the whole the past four years was just me hearing voices i mean around 2021 the end of 2021 is when my voices i started to realize that the voices weren't real um for the past two years i believe they were real and i still hear voices now but i kind of i don't let it affect me as much as it did before if that makes sense uh, so what does a support group for someone who hears voices? What is what does that look like? What the support group? Yeah. Can you describe sort what? of how that factors into your um in your um life uh you know as a coping mechanism or as as, as assistance? Not a coping um... mechanism as a you know as it helps you it it helps me in many ways i've I've made friends through the support group um and they have had experience of being on disability benefits and um they've had experiences of hearing the voice and they've had experiences of believing that what the what the voice was was god and it's just interesting to hearing their experiences and how um how bad it can get for people and even though I'm in a stable place now hearing the voices still it's just good to be around people that get it because I mean my dad um I remember him telling me that you know all these things are caused by stress and you maybe you're just too stressed out and that's why you started hearing voices like he's never really looked up psychosis if that makes sense right so he doesn't really no, understand he doesn't really understand it whereas if i when i go to the support groups they understand and don't always say you know that yeah basically what i just said yeah no i think it's very important to find community because for a long time you know i felt like nobody else thought the way i did i just didn't you know it just never dawned on me so to find people who are uh, sort of sharing the same experiences that I've had, you know, that I've had all my life is, um, is really good support um, for me. Like even finding you on Instagram, what, you know, what has your Instagram experience been like? It's been very good. Like, I feel like the support group is very good, but with Instagram, it's kind of, it's, there's things that I like a lot about it as well, like, because with Instagram, like, people go into detail about 
how they're feeling every day because we're the support group is only for an hour each time whereas with online you can look at all different social media accounts and everyone's talking about their experiences and what they're going through day by day and um that's you can have access to that 24 7 so yeah the support group is very good and it's good for making friends in person um, but online is just as good as well yeah yeah I've, I've actually found that like it in an odd way maybe it's like a, a extra support system for me because everybody you know the people that i'm mostly in contact with do experience the same diagnoses that i do and so they they can understand better what i'm going through because i don't think that other than my husband very many people that i know really know what i'm going through or what what it means to be uh bipolar and adhd and all that yeah yeah i understand um yeah i think having having people around you i made a, a good online friend as well who i've got her number and we started talking on whatsapp and um she has paranoid schizophrenia so she said that she doesn't hear voices but she gets she used she got very paranoid about two years ago and it happened around the same time for her when she was at university and just hearing her story like it's just so interesting like her experience of being on disability benefit for her mental health and she just gets me and we both get each other and I think having that support network is so vital when you're going through mental illness because normal everyday people like they don't understand it people that don't ever suffer from mental illness at all um I think everyone goes through mental illness but people that have actually had a diagnosis and that have been treated in a hospital for it and stuff I think having people that have had that experience is very very important when you've gone through it yourself because you just need that extra support yes and I also think that for people who um don't have a mental health diagnosis um even you know just by doing this podcast which is like the inspiration for this podcast is to destigmatize if and normalize you know mental health conditions or mental health issues um just because um i think that we've been painted in such a negative light for so long and it's like we're really not who they you know who they say we are yeah i mean i mean i've heard things like I mean, when I, um, in the UK, there's a thing called Recovery College, and that's in my borough of um, um, London, where I'm coming from. And it's basically like, it's it's like, if you can't therapy at the time, it's basically like courses um, to help with anxiety, depression, psychosis, all these sorts of things. And um, I remember one that I went to about psychosis, understanding the experience of psychosis. and um, I remember there was like a we had to say what is a myth and what is true like these statements and one statement said that oh people's psychosis are dangerous so some people do believe that that's true whereas uh, um I think the truth was that a lot of people with psychosis aren't dangerous and they won't hurt you and um, that's the actual truth right. but a lot of people I think 
because of stigma, they think that mental illness is um scary. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the way it's been portrayed in popular media has been, you know, and, and on the news is that, you know, we are crazy and violent and, and, you know, I would say that's not true for 99%. I mean, I'm just making up a number, but for like 99% of us, I don't think that, you know, nobody wants to hurt anybody. It's just that we sometimes our moods are dysregulated or, you know, we're hearing imaginary um, voices and, um, you know, it, it's an unfair, it's an unfair portrayal. Yeah, and even people like my mum who has mental illness, she's like the most quiet, um, shy sort of person that would never hurt a fly. Um, and she's been mentally ill for like 21 years or so. So, um, yeah, I people would never see her as violent or anything. And she's been very mentally ill um, throughout my childhood. Um, even now she's still ill, but she's got, she's got slightly better. Um, but yeah, I I think someone I've come from someone who's lived with a mentally ill person. I never felt unsafe around her. Only there's only one time when I felt unsafe around her when she became very ill and um she just wasn't talking to me for like two days straight and I got scared of that. But apart from those mm -hmm. times, um most of the time I haven't felt scared of her. And what um what is your father's relationship like with your mom or do they have a relationship still um so when i was four um, so when i was five my mom got sectioned for the first time in the hospital um but when i was four that's when they broke up so my mom and dad were together for about 10 years and then they um separated when i was around four years old just a year before she got ill actually mm -hmm. um i feel like maybe the um the breakup might have impacted her mental health in some way mm -hmm. where she um couldn't handle life and she wasn't in the right frame of mind I think because she wanted to leave my dad so badly um I think she just wasn't thinking straight about things she was doing and um I wasn't very really settled in um school as well I was only about four years old but I really couldn't settle down in school or um or nursery or anything like that I just I think because my environment, because I had left my dad um, and my mom and dad weren't together anymore, I think that had an impact on me. And I just wasn't settled in any environment at all, really. Yeah, that's a fairly, um, a fairly common response to um, problems at home is acting out in school, um, you know, because of because your home life is so unstable yeah um and i think i used to have a best friend and i used to tell her everything about my um mom being ill i met her when i was around seven years old so and she went to the same secondary school as me um we weren't close that much in secondary but in primary we were very close and i just remember telling her everything about my mom how she wouldn't let me go on school trips even though there was no reason to had to stop me going on school trips um she just wasn't um the right mum that I needed at the time um I think and I had been bullied a bit in um school as well when I was younger and my mum didn't know how to handle it she just would say pray it away 
um, she just wasn't in, she just wasn't stable. She wasn't in the right frame of mind at all, really. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, I never thought about it, but I guess, you know, because black people in America are, are a part of, I think it's, it's, we're moving away from it, but it has been the prayed away crowd. So to hear that in London, you know, uh, a black family would, would, have the same attitude <laughs> is, is interesting to me. Yeah, I think. Uh, but as we know, praying away doesn't work. <laughs> I think, I mean, my dad, my dad wouldn't say anything like that. Um, I remember my dad, when my mom was ill the first time, um, he actually got me to pray a lot. So he got me to pray mom to get better. Um, and she didn't ever really get better, but it was just something that he wanted me to do at that the time when I was around five, six years old. Um, and my mom, um, my dad isn't as um, religious as my mom. I think my mom's a bit more Christian. Um, but yeah, I think in the in black families, being religious and praying is quite a big thing, or believing in a higher power is such a big thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, um, but I think that, you know, can lead to being detrimental to the person with the, um, who's, who's dealing with the, uh, the mental health issue. Yeah. And, um, I think that's why I need, I mean, when I first started getting psychosis, I think it was because um, a lot of stuff had happened to me when I was young and nothing was dealt with. It was just like almost prayed away. And um, mm. you know, my mum was right for her mind. I, I feel like I didn't have a normal childhood at all. Uh, I know everyone, every family has problems, but I think I didn't have enough fun as a kid because my mum was always so unwell. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of children who grow up in homes where, uh, their parents suffer from mental health um, issues. Um, they don't have the same childhood as they're not allowed to. They they can't have the same childhood as um, as people who grow up with two, you know, parents without uh, a mental health issue. So, um, what is your relationship with your mom like today? Um, it's. It's a lot better. Um, I'm, I used to be sort of a carer for her. So I used to contact professionals on her behalf and make sure that she was okay. And I would never really tell her about my problems until I got older. Because um, when I was younger, um, I just couldn't tell her certain things. She was too unwell. Um, but it is, it is better. Um, but at the same time, like, she's never gone back to normal. Like, I remember when I was six, when after she first came out of hospital and I was around six years old, and she was a bit better then. Like, I can imagine her, um, you know, but she's been without a partner for years. Like, she hasn't been out with anyone um, since my dad, really. I think my dad was her only partner, um, and they were together for a really long time, but I feel like that might have had an impact on her. I think not having a partner, not having someone um, to move on from, from my dad, I think. She's quite a shy person and she's just kind of in her bubble. She does a lot of artwork and stuff like that. So 
yeah, she she it is a lot better our relationship now because I can I tell her certain things, whereas I didn't tell her certain things beforehand. And that's because you feel like she can um handle it better now, or you know she can manage it mentally better. Yeah, I think she can manage it a lot better now. Um, because she was always in and out of hospital, I think her her energy was sort of fragmented where she just wasn't stable at all. She, it's just like she was out in the clouds, really, just not really, mm-hmm. um, just not well at all. And I assume that um, she takes some sort of medication. Um, is there, you know, is there something that you can take for psychosis or do you take anything for your depression and anxiety? Uh, yeah, so both me and my mom are on depression. I mean, are on uh, medication. So I take, um, I take risperidone and aripiprazole. And aripiprazole is only just sort of to um, regulate my hormones because it can cause hormone imbalances, the risperidone. Um, but my I'm actually seeing my psychiatrist next week and um, we've been gradually reducing the dosage. So I'm getting a lot better now where I don't need a high dosage anymore. Um, but um, my mum, she's been, I don't know her dosage exactly, but she's been on clozapine for her um, schizophrenia diagnosis. And um, that's the only one that's been keeping her stable. And um, it's, it's kind of hard for her because she has to get blood tests every month to make sure that um, her white blood cell count, like her immune system doesn't go down. Um, so she hates that. And I was actually going to go on clozapine at one point, but she said to tell the doctor not to go on it because um, because you have to always get blood tests all the time and check things. And it's just, it can disrupt your life. So she didn't, she didn't want that for me. So I guess because I've never been on that, I am getting better and that's like a last resort drug because she's been so ill for years and never really improved and she never really talks to professionals when when they meet up with her that's why she needed um gossiping and she's still been on that and that's keeping her very stable that's very good and I'm and I'm glad to hear that you are reaching stability and you you sound you know very together and like you know you're um you've given a lot of thought you have a lot of insight into yourself and your diagnoses well I feel like I'm in the stage now where I think when I was a a teenager my mental health was so in school um and I think I, I I went to this thing in the UK called CAMS it's child and adolescent health services and it's basically like NHS therapy for children and teenagers um so I went to that for a little bit um because school was really bad for me like I just didn't enjoy it at all I had so much anxiety um and I think I really wasn't well like I I just think I struggled so much with it and I think it's because my mum is so shy as well and I think that had an impact um I feel like as I got old as I've got older I feel like I've got more insight and I feel like I'm I'm gradually getting better. And seeing my psychiatrist next week, I always get for I always look forward to seeing um him because um I I feel like I'm getting better each time and the medication's reducing gradually. Because I've had I've had a few side effects the medication, but um it's um because it's being reduced now, it's a lot better. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm so happy for you. 
So um, is there any uh, certain message that you want to get across that you think would be helpful to listeners? Uh, yeah, so basically, um, if you've been diagnosed with um, a mental illness, um, trust the doctor's knowledge because they've diagnosed with it and they've had they've had years of training and experience. So if they diagnose you with it, um, you should accept that diagnosis unless you honestly think that it's not um it's not the right diagnosis for you. But most of the time, it is the right diagnosis, and you need to trust it. And if people in the mental um um mental health um facility are trying to help you, whether it's in a hospital or in the community, um, I think you should try and accept that help because you need that help. Obviously, otherwise, otherwise you wouldn't be given that help. So yeah, that's the message I want to leave. That's a great message, and and it's it's uh, it's one that I think a lot of people need to hear clearly, and um, really learn to, you know, accept that this is just a part of you, and and you can manage it, and you can you can survive it, and you know it doesn't have to be all, all you know black all the time, you know it doesn't have to be yeah. all dark all the time. All right. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, to share your experiences with us. You're welcome.